Hey, what's going on? Hey, thank you so much for being here once again. My name is James, the pastor of Adore Church. Um, thank you so much for checking us out. Whoever you found this, somebody shared this with you, a podcast, whatever it is. Just thanks for being here. I'm going to jump right into it. Leadership Lessons with Jesus we're talking about. This is kind of week two. We're going to jump right into it. Last week, we talked about leadership is simply the definition we're using is influence, right? Leadership is influence. And we have influence in every area of our lives. All of us have influence, whether we're eight years old or 14 years old or 35 years old, whether you, whether you run a big business or a small business, whether you're a mom, a dad, whether you're a wife or a husband, whether you're a teenager, whether you're in elementary school, you all have a sphere of influence. We all do. And leadership is just what do we do with that sphere? How are we leading that sphere of influence we have? What is the impact we're having on them? And Jesus gives a great talk on leadership, Matthew chapter 23. We're going to pick it up right now. We're going to jump right into it. Last week we talked about there was three groups of people he's talking to. Three groups of people about leadership he's talking to. He was talking to his disciples, his followers, the people that were in, right? The people that were following Jesus, that loved him, that wanted to know more about him. Then there was a second group of people called the multitude who had heard about Jesus, who was trying to figure out Jesus, who had been invited to hear Jesus by somebody else. And so there are multitude people. And the people he's actually addressing about leadership or the people he's using as an illustration of leadership are the Pharisees and the scribes. And the Pharisees and the scribes actually had the biggest influence in those day, in that day. They were the influential people, right? They were the celebrities. They were the politicians. They were, they, were, they were the popular people. They had huge sphere of influence. The scribes, the lawyers, the Pharisees were people that worked their way up in the religious context to rule uh, the religious synagogues. And in that day, it was all about that. So, they were, so Jesus is talking about leadership and he uses them as an example, except he flips the script on them. He uses them as an example how not to lead, actually, is the way he does it, which is awesome because they weren't fulfilling the right way to lead. They should have. They should have known better because they were all religious. And so he looks at them and he says, this is how you shouldn't lead. He's saying it to the multitude and the disciples, but he's also saying it to them so maybe they can figure it out and say, you know what, you have influence now, do it this way. This is the way you should do it. He loves them and cares about them enough to have this conversation. Okay, last week we talked about having integrity. And that's just not being hypocritical, right? We talked about hypocrites and Jesus and the gospel do not go together. And has messed up the church for years of hypocrites. Our society is full of hypocrites. Like we talked about politicians right now and just cross the map all over the place. We see people always saying, do what I say, not what I do. And it drives you crazy. It drives me crazy anyway. We talked about being real, right? We talked about being authentic with people. We're broken. We're messed up. We're not that good. All those things we talked about. So we're going to jump right into it. We are in verse 8 today. Verse 8. There's two that I'm going to talk about. Just simply two. uh, Verses 8 to 15. And maybe verse 23 if I can get to it. But verse 8 says this. Talking to the Pharisees and scribes. But you do not, but you do not be called rabbi. For one is your teacher, the Christ. And you are all brethren. Do not call anyone on earth your father. For one is your father, he who is in heaven. And do not be called teachers, for one is your teacher, the Christ. But he who is the greatest among you shall be your servant. And whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. I I could preach like three hours right here on this one. But this is what he says. He says, look, don't be called rabbi. Because you're not. Don't be called father because you ain't. And don't be called teacher because you're not. And what's he saying? He's saying, look, do not let people put you in the position above God. You're just a spokesman. You're just a man. 
Don't let anybody look at you as God. And I think this has happened so often in the church, in the history of church, where it has messed people up, where they have put people like me, pastors, religious leaders, whatever, clergy, ministers, whatever you want to call them, in positions of perfection. And even some of those people have put themselves in positions of perfection and made it sound like they were great and they had to figure it out and you should follow me and I am the, I am the tool that only God can talk through. No, that's not true. I say this all the time if you're at church. I'm just a man. I'm a normal dude. I get angry. I get happy. I get mad. I I mess up all the time. I try to do good. I'm a person who has a calling from God. And God called me to be a pastor. And God called me to here to plant this church. And God called me to love on people. And God called me to teach his word. That does not make me better than you. It makes my calling what it is. You have a calling as well. But the second that you think I'm perfect, the second that I don't preach Jesus, I preach James. The second that I lift James up and not God up. The second that you walk into our church and you think I've got the answers is the second we shut that thing down immediately. Because that is not the answer. I am not the answer. Christ is the answer. That's why we say in our church there is no perfect people allowed because there is no perfect people. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So Jesus says the key to influence and leadership is actually reversed of what the world will tell you. He's greatest among you, he'll be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. He who humbles himself will be exalted. Right, be humble, like my boy Kendrick Lamar says. Be humble. Whatever your sphere of influence is, the leadership thing that you have, the circle that you have, be humble in that circle. Be humble to those people. Put those people first. Put their needs, their thoughts, their fears, their hopes, their desires, whatever they need, put them first and God will exalt you. The world flips it all the time. Social media flips it all the time. There's this thing on social media, this, 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 this weight, this, this temptation, this, this, this feeling of like, I got to post. If something good happens in my life, boom, I got to post that thing. Woo, look at this vacation. Bam, I lost 52 pounds. Bam, look at my kids. Bam, he scored 42 points. Look at my kid. He's going to workouts three days a week. He's better than your kid, right? We all do it, me included. I've done it at times. And what do we do? We're putting the best that we have out there to the world. We're putting the highlight reels of our lives out there. Look at me. I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying that's reality. And Jesus always flips it. He says, you want to be the greatest? Humble yourself. You want to have greatest role of leadership? Put other people first. You want to be the greatest leader and influence there is around you? Serve people. Where's your heart right now? Oh man, that's hard, James. Look, Jesus did it. He literally gave up his life. He served you to the point that he died for you before you even knew him. Before you were even born, he said, I love you enough that I'm going to serve you by literally giving my life up for you. Wherever you are, whatever your sphere of influence is, mom, humble yourself today doesn't mean you let your kids roll over you. It just means put your kids' needs first, maybe. Husband, put, put your wife first. Wife, put your husband first. Boss, maybe take some advice from the people below you. Maybe seek out some counsel for the people below you that might know some things that you don't know. Maybe have conversations with people. Maybe call and text somebody and say, hey, instead of me telling you how I'm feeling today, how are you doing today? What's going on with you? How can I pray for you? Maybe reach out to your sphere and say, hey, if there's anything you need, let me know. I'm here for you. There are things you can do 
that, that can help you humble yourself. And when you humble yourself, you have the ability to, to maybe forget about your problems for two seconds. Doesn't mean they, they go away. It just means I'm gonna put those to the side. I'm gonna invest in somebody else. How do you do that? It's the next step. Humility is a great thing to have as a leader. As followers of Christ, we should be known for our humbleness. We should be known for humbling ourselves for other people and lifting people up. That's why we love when people walk into a church. We tell the people that are greeting and on our team, today is not about you. This morning ain't about you. Every person that walks in this building, we want them to be lifted up. We want them to feel better. We want their problems to be number one. We want where they are in their life to be one. It's a great thing we get to do on Sunday mornings because we come in and we get to put ourselves down and lift somebody else up. And you always feel better when you do it. Doesn't mean problems are solved, but man, you feel like a million bucks when you walk in and you say, how are you doing, man? You doing good? Or they come in and they're crying and they're bawling and you cry and you ball with them and you pray with them and say, man, I'm here for you. I love you. I care for you. What are we going to do? This is what it means in the next part. Because it goes hand in hand with the next few verses, Jesus says. Verse 13, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. You neither go in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayers. Therefore you receive greater condemnation. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, for you travel land and sea with one proselyte, and when he is one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourself. Woe to you, woe to you, woe to you, he says. And what's he saying? He's saying, you are, I don't have one ounce of compassion in you for people. That's what he's saying. We've become so much about yourself that it is all about you. And when you see the hurting and lost around you, it really doesn't even move you. He says, you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go yourselves nor do you allow those who are entering it. In other words, he's saying, you don't, you don't, you're not allowed. You don't, you don't make the cut. You're not good enough. Right? This is my big thing with church and religious institutions. We look at people in them and say, you can't. You're not good enough. You gotta do these 14 things to get to heaven. You gotta have these three ceremonies and these things. That's crap. Jesus said it was the free gift of salvation. We talked about it. The grace is sufficient for you. It's the unmerited, undeserved kindness of God. That's salvation. That's how Jesus looks at you. And I hate, hate, hate the idea that you have to meet a criteria for being welcomed to God. That's not true. Now, there's some ways you should act once you are a Christian and we can hold people to that standard. That's fine. But to look at people and say, you can't come in because of that, bull, bull. And that's what the Pharisees and scribes would do. You have met the, you're not good enough to walk into this church. You're not good enough to walk into this synagogue. That is not compassion. He says, the, 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 the widows, you look at their houses and you make pretense, long prayers. Well, you look awesome. There's zero compassion. These two go hand in hand, humility and compassion. One of the great things I love about Jesus, when you read this Bible, you read the, the New Testament, it constantly is talking about Jesus. He sees people that are hurting, that are messed up, that are outcast, that are screwed up, that the world would say is not good enough. And the Bible says he was moved with compassion moved with compassion. It's easy to say you have compassion. Look, right now, social media, we could talk, people talk about compassion all the time. There are 700 posts about Bible verses, about this, about that, about social issues all over the place. Compassion, compassion, compassion. And I look around and I say, is anybody doing anything with this? What are we doing? What are you doing with compassion? Because Jesus didn't just have compassion, that's a start. 
Have compassion. Have humility. Look at the hurting. Look at the lost. Look at the broken. Now, that's not enough, though. We have to be moved with compassion. We want to move into acts of compassion. People around us that are hurting and lost. I want to be a church and a group of people that are moved into things. People are hurting. Single moms need a house. Let's buy them a house. People need clothes. Let's get them clothes. People are going through divorce. Let's get them counseling. People are having a hard time in a marriage. Let's get them some counseling. Kids are dealing with abuse. Let's talk to them. Kids need a place to go. Let's give them a place to go. Kids need a place to have conversations and figure who they are and identity. Let's give them those things. We want to be a church and a people that are moved with compassion. What are you doing today with the compassion that you have? Are you humble enough to look at people as compassionate people needing help? And then two, are you doing anything with that? Jesus said leadership in that sphere of influence. I want you to have humility and I want you to have compassion. That's my challenge this week to all of us. Are we being humble in our sphere of influence? Are we putting other people first? Even in your problems. I know you got problems. I know it's all screwed up. I know it's hard. I get that. I'm not putting down your problems, but I'm asking you to put your problems to the side and find somebody else with a problem and be humble enough and have compassion enough to help them. Well, how do I do that? Maybe that's a text to somebody this week. Maybe it's a conversation with your kids. Going through this pandemic is so hard and I'm sure there's a million things going on and they're depressed and they're angry and probably more than they would even talk to you. Maybe it's sitting down and going, look, just let me know. Talk. I want to hear it. I don't know what to do maybe, but I want to have compassion. How can I help you? Maybe it's a conversation with somebody that you hurt in the past or somebody that hurt you. Maybe it's a conversation with God that you have to have. Well, you guys got God. You're not doing what I think you should do, but I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to move with compassion to open my heart out to you you once again. Maybe it's it's friendships. Maybe it's your boss. Maybe it's people underneath you as a boss. You have to have compassion and humble yourself to go, they're probably hurting right now through this pandemic. There's probably some things that I can get involved in. I could go on for days of examples. But I think Jesus was very upfront with the Pharisees and Sadducees saying, are you humble? Do you have compassion? And then you moved with that compassion. Are you moved with compassion? If you need help, if you need prayer, I want you to know that we would move heaven and earth for you right now. I want to know, we would do everything in our power to help you. You just have to let us know. If that's a prayer request, if that's a financial need, if that's whatever it might be, let us know. Maybe you want to help out the church. Maybe you, you, you right now, I want to get more involved in the door church. You can give financially. That's a great way to help us move with compassion is to give us. You can give online at doorchurch.com. Maybe there's something else you can do. You can get involved in the team. You can help us serve. We need you to be moved with compassion. But I want to know what it is. We want to partner with you in prayer and whatever is going on. So just let us know, right? We're praying for you. We love you. See you next time.